Good morning, everybody. This is Eric Kapitulik. I'm the CEO and founder of the program. Joining me today is former Oregon Duck wide receiver and current West Lynn High School football coach, Keenan Lowe. Coach Lowe, good morning. Thanks for being on the show this morning. Good, good morning. Yeah, thank you for, uh, for the opportunity and thank you for having me. Keenan, let me just start with this. Let me tell you what my mission is for our conversation this morning, okay? Like, this is what I want to get out of it, which is most important, Keenan, is Keenan and his Oregon Duck classmates, Oregon Duck football teammates, worked with us all four years that Keenan was a duck. And Keenan, the, the feedback I always get from players who used to work with us, even if they just worked with us once, and then they'll like see us on a sideline at a game or something, or we see each other in airports and we hang out for a little while, they always go, you know, damn you man, you guys are you guys aren't really as jerks as I thought you were. <laughs> and I'm going to use this. I'm going to use this opportunity that we, this Sunday morning that we get to share with each other to make sure my mission is to ensure that by the time we finish this conversation, even though you worked with us for four years, we get off this call and you think, man, Eric Capitulic, that's not really as bad a guy as I thought he was there for those go. four yeah, years that. that we worked with each other. <laughs> Keenan, let me let me start there with saying, um, from your four years at Oregon. What was the most significant impact that school uh, playing for the coaches that you played for and with? You played for two different head coaches during that time. Um, you had multiple offensive coordinators. What What's the biggest impact that you take from your time at Oregon? Um. I mean, there's, yeah, like you said, there's, there's a lot, you know, and I think in any, any great program or organization um, or team, uh, it involves a lot of great people, first and foremost. Um, and just starting with the two head coaches I played for, uh, Chip Kelly and Mark Helfrich, I mean, those are top, you know, those are all-time just guys, all-time just good dudes, um, and that trickles down in a football program, obviously, if it starts from the top, you have a guy at the top that, that you can believe in and trust in, which we all did with Chip Kelly and Mark Helfrich. Um, it just trickles down to the, to the offensive coordinator, to the assistant, uh, to the players, to the walk-ons, to the training staff. And I think that's the biggest thing that I've been able to look back on and take into my uh, coaching career is just how everything was, was kind of perfectly connected together whether like I said whether it was the, the coaching staff to the trainers to the to everyone that was working on the team and to the student assistant to the equipment managers it was we all got along and we all worked towards that same mission um and I will plug I will I will plug the program a little bit too because I do feel like in those four years we as players felt like that was an edge that we had every spring uh, when you guys came in and, and kind of flipped everything, you know, <laughs> flipped everything on its head and around for us and, and shook things up for us. That was always a an edge that we felt that no other team 
um, was doing. And that was like always the start of our, of our journey to that next season. So, um, I mean, I always, I always appreciated the program and, and what you guys did, did for us, um, as far as team building. Well, I appreciate it, Keenan. It's, it's, you know, it's really our great privilege to have had the opportunity to work with you and, uh, all of your classmates as, as well as, uh, you know, you get back to relationships and from those teams, I, I ran into Coach Kelly on, on the sideline of a college football game last year. We had a nice conversation, but Coach Helfrich and I have become good friends, and we text uh, very, you know, consistently. Scott Frost and and is is a good friend. We hiked across the Grand Canyon together last year, um, and and John Neal and so many other you know coaches from Matt Lubick. I mean, so many other coaches from there. When you talk about just yeah, great coaches, of course, but but good people. And people you can yeah. trust, right? Yeah. Yeah. What are some of the things that they did and that you mentioned some of the things that you now bring forward into your own coaching career to, to develop that trust? Um, you know, I think it, it just comes down to what, what you preach uh, day in and day out and, and, and how you as the person preaching that is living up to, to what you're saying. Obviously, you know, it's, as a coach, you know, and then players, um, it's very easy for players to see through BS uh, if you BS them, especially in college. But even at this high school level where I'm the head coach at, uh, it's very easy for players to, to see if, if I'm real or not, if I mean what I'm saying or not because of how I, you know, go about my daily process and, uh, you know, how I kind of hold up to, to my words. Um, so that was just a big thing, you know, with, with, as far as trust goes with players. Um, you know, again, players can see through any type of BS that you're giving them. So um, when we had all these great guys and all these great coaches, um, they never, they never BS us. You know, they, they would look us in our eyes. They would tell us what's real. They would tell us the truth. They would tell us what we need to get done to, to become champions and become better men. Um, and we trusted that and, and, uh, and it all, you know, it all and ended up happening. Yeah. In the Marine Corps, Keenan something you learn early on is you can always BS up the chain of command, meaning your bosses. You can never BS the Marines. The Marines will always know whether they can trust you or not. And as you're talking, that's the thing that's reminding me is, yeah, you can always, you, you know, you're BS your boss into thinking something of you. Yeah. But your, your players are going to know if they can trust you or not. If you are who you say you are. Um, yeah, absolutely. We had last week, Keenan, I, I had the pleasure of interviewing Fred Kaufman, who's the VP of leadership development for Google. And what Fred talks about in the words he used, which really struck a chord with me, he talks about leadership being moral authority, that if that's what leadership is, it's, it's having the moral authority and you gain that moral authority by living what you preach. And if you don't, you have no moral authority to hold a position of leadership. And that idea about what you're saying of, yeah. hey, I, this is the way I live my life. And now that's what I'm asking my warriors at Westland High School football to, to do. It gives you, you have the moral authority to do so because that's the way you live your life yourself. Yeah. Yep. I like that. 
Keenan, uh, Jake McDonald, uh, one of my teammates, he, he talked about, and for the listeners, a story, because we're going to get into it today, May 17th, is the one-year anniversary of Keenan being one of six people ever to disarm an active shooter at a high school, at a, at a school, period. And there were so many obvious accolades that came from your doing so and how you did so. And Keenan, we certainly want to talk about that. Before that, though, uh, when people, when, when your name got brought up as somebody to be a guest on our live broadcast, the, the reason, <laughs> yes, the, the Park Rose school shooter shooting and your disarmament of that young man is obviously significant. I don't want to downplay that at all. But when somebody says, well, tell me about Keenan Lowe, Keenan, what we think about at the program, Jake McDonald reminded me of this, was us being at an Oregon uh, film session after one of your games. You guys had played on Saturday. Then we're on campus doing a follow-up day of training on Sunday or Monday. I can't remember which one it, it was. but and, and Coach Kelly is going through film from Saturday. And he is going on and on on and on about you and you never touched the ball in that play. Somebody else who I can't remember who it was scored a touchdown, a wide receiver scored a touchdown. Some pass play Marcus had thrown a you know nice ball, of course, like, like you guys did a thousand times that season, right? Or every season. But what coach Kelly was talking about was, the fact that it was your downfield blocking. It, the, the announcers on TV never talked about it. The, 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 all the millions of people watching that game, Saturday night game of the week, you know, ABC Sports, never saw because, it was, because again, the camera, fought, like most viewers, follow the ball. And all Coach Kelly was talking about was what a great teammate Keenan Lowe is for sacrificing for his teammates to get and achieve what they achieve in life because of, in our terminology, the strain you take to allow them to do so. I just wanted to share that with you. Mac reminded me of it. That's what I'd like to talk, you know, really highlight to you and highlight to the, to the listeners. Yes. The park Rose stuff gets a, a lot of pub as it should. But when we think about you, that's actually what we think about first. Right. No, that's awesome. Talk to me about what you think a great teammate does. Talk to me about what you think a great team leader does or is. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot that goes in it. Um, you know, it's again, it kind of goes back to what what we were just talking about with coaches. It's it's uh, are you are you living how you're what you're saying and and um, and again, your teammates you know, can see if, uh, if you're about, if you're about that life, you know, if you, if you, how bad you want to win. And for me, you know, you use the words, you know, I, I sacrificed, uh, to, you know, to get these guys in the end zone and, and for us to be successful. I didn't ever look at it as a sacrifice because I was, I was just doing my job, right. That's the, the classic do your job football. 
I mean, that's what that's what a great teammate is. It doesn't matter if your job is to be the long snapper for PATs or your job is to, you know, downfield block so people can get in the end zone. I never looked at it as a sacrifice. I looked at it as that was my job. And everything that I've ever, do, I've ever done in my life is I've, I've taken my job serious, whether it was security at Park Rose High School or, you know, uh, playing for the Ducks at, at receiver or running down on kickoffs in the middle, trying to break wedges. You know, it's, it's whatever my job is, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it to the best of my ability, no matter how many people, you know, are watching, no matter how many people know about if my job is significant or, or I always thought, well, whatever I'm asked to do, it's significant or else no one would ask me to do it. You know what I mean? So I think that's just, that's what, what, uh, being a great teammate is, 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 uh, can you do what you're asked to do and, and can you do it to your best ability? If a lot of guys get caught up and I, that's, that's never been me as a guy that gets caught up with, uh, you know, attention, I guess, so to speak and, and, uh, notoriety and, and whatnot. I mean, I was, I was playing for the Oregon Ducks and we had the best offense in the country and we ended up winning two rows. Well, I mean, that's enough for me. You know, I didn't need people to say my, my name personally. And when they say the Oregon Ducks, I mean, they're, they're talking about me. That's the way I see it. Keenan, that's a powerful statement about if the whole thing is powerful. And I think, man, I, I hope, Westland High School appreciates. Well, I'm sure they do at least now because they just hired you, but I know your players are going to understand just how fortunate they are to have you as their head coach, just with that statement that you just said alone. Yeah. That idea, Keenan, of I looked at it like if, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think as you said, it's if I wasn't, if somebody wasn't asking me to do it, it wouldn't be important. When I think a lot of people have the misconception of the military and military leadership of people walking around with clipboards saying, hey, go do this, go do that. And then guys just running to go do it. When in fact, a lot of times you get asked, why? Why should we do this? You're asking us to do it. Why? And our thing for, from a leadership perspective, Keenan, is if you can't answer that question, why? whether that's in the Marines as a football coach or to my eight-year-old son up upstairs, my three-year-old daughter, she, she doesn't do any of the things we ask anyway. So, so my least, my least my eight-year-old son, he at least asks why before he goes do it. Does it, if, if, if as leaders, we can't give a reason why that what I'm asking you to do is going to help our team accomplish its mission. Yeah. You probably shouldn't do it. We, we hear too often, though, coaches using, yeah, because I said so. And, and our thing is, it, like, if that's the only reason why you're telling somebody to do something, they probably shouldn't be doing it. How do you look at asking the question why? What do you talk to your players about, about asking, challenging you and your staff about yourself answering the question why when – you just naturally, or I probably, I, I don't want to just say naturally because that probably does a disservice to your parents, but you received the mentorship or you are the type of person who didn't ask why, you just said, I'm doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it comes down to each each person. I mean, and, and when it comes down to, to yourself and, and each 
person as an individual, it's, it starts with your individual why. I think that's where everything starts, you know, why you're doing yeah. what you're doing, whether it's athletics or military or work or service to others. Um, you know, we all as people, you know, have our, our own whys, you know. Um, you know, why did I play football? Because one, I, I loved it, you know. Two, I wanted to make my family proud, you know. Three, I wanted to, you know, have my mom not have to pay for my college. And, and you know, and that was, you know, I could go down the line of why I played it, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and, and then it comes down to as a team, um, you know, why are you getting asked to to to, to do the little things? Um, and that's, again, to, to accomplish the mission at hand. Um, so I always think it comes down when you, when you talk about why it comes down to the individual first and foremost, if, if you're an individual and you don't know why you're in the, in the, the, the path that you're on or on the team that you're on or playing the game that you love, if you don't know why you're doing it, then, then you're probably not going to be very successful at it. Um, yeah. Keenan, it's interesting. You just said something if, and, and I don't want to. Uh, quote you on it because you know I, a, a lot of these questions we we didn't talk we didn't do a pre-interview of the, a lot of these questions here so maybe you would change it but when you just talked about your why I think you just said number one because I love football number two was what Keenan um I wanted to make my you know I wanted to make the people make my family proud, proud. that's right right make my family yeah. proud and then number three on your list of whys was because of financial reasons. Because, hey, I, I want to make sure my mom doesn't have to pay. But it was number three on your list of your whys. And that's significant, we feel. And that right there, we would argue, is why you're downfield blocking and don't look at it as a sacrifice that you're not the guy asked to score touchdowns. You're the guy who's asked to score to block and okay, great. It's significant. Why? Hey, my team won two Rose bowl championships. That's me. That means I won two Rose bowl championships, right? Yeah. Is, is because your whys are intrinsically, you have intrinsic motivation because I love football. I'm passionate about the game because of, of pride. I want to, I want to make myself and want to make my family proud. And then some of the extreme, the, the external benefits of playing the game at the level that you played it is only third on your list of, Hey, look, and it, and it, it helps to get college paid for. You know, a lot of times when we when coaches talk to us and, you know, a lot of game, guys talk about, well, hey, on game day, I show up. Yeah, but what are you doing in the summer when nobody's there? <laughs> when you don't have the roar of the crowd, what are you doing then? And those individuals like yourself, as you talk about this, who have those intrinsic motivations of because I love this, because I want to make myself and my, my, my family proud. Those are the ones who show up at 5 a.m. in the summer and do it and don't look at it like a sacrifice. Right. And I think that that's true at every level. You have coached, played, and or coached at every level. 
any thoughts about that, whether it's high school, youth, high school, college, or for your time working with Coach Kelly with the Eagles in the pros? Yeah, and it, I, I, you know, you reminded me just hearing you talk is, is a big thing you guys had always preached, and Coach Kelly preached as well was you never rise to the occasion, you sink to the level of your training. Um, and if you're not willing to put in the work in the dark, then you're not going to, you know, you're not going to shine in the light, you know. Um, <clears throat> and again, I just speaking for me personally, I, I have never cared who's watching, you know, because I always know my family's watching. That's all that, that's always, that's all that's ever mattered, you know. Um, you know, when it, when it was all said and done, I got to play in front of all these millions and people and in big stadiums and all that. But, you know, there was, there's times like you're saying when it's 5 a.m. And, and no one's watching, no one cares what you're doing right now. You know, they only care what you do on Saturdays. Well, you know, if you if you only care what you do on Saturdays, again, you're not going to be successful. You better care what you're doing Monday through, you know, Monday through Monday, you know, all seven days a week. And, and uh, you know, it, and it, it just comes down to, to what you do when, when no one's looking. And that's, that's how you can tell, um, you know, the, the integrity of, of a person, um, how much a person cares about what they're doing is, is does it matter if people are watching? Does it matter if if someone knows I'm I'm working out right now? Um, it's a big, you know, it's 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 I get a kick out of it as the whole Twitter and social media thing continues to evolve uh, in these last ten years. Um, you know, guys will work out just to and at all levels, you know, especially the high school level. All guys will work out just so they can, you know smash it out there to, to online and to tell everyone, Hey, look at me, I'm working out on that. You know, at the end of the day, that's not a recipe for success. You're, you're working out for others or you're working out for yourself so you can better yourself, you know, and be the best person and player that you can be. Um, I see a lot of, a lot of players and a lot of people um, trying to just draw attention and, and, and that doesn't get you anywhere, you know, and, and it's a, that's a fast road to, to, <laughs> yeah. to not, you know, having success. So, Keenan, there's so many things you're saying that I'm like, my uh, one of our teammates at the program, uh, Corey Ross. Uh, Corey's the president of the program corporate now, and he, one of the big things he talks about is is effective communication. And our listeners have heard us talk about this. Our clients have heard us talk about this. But when we hear effective communication, we always he, we always think talking how we talk when in fact yes that is how we talk is part of effective communication the second part being how effectively do we listen and specific of the two the, the listening skill is as critical if not more than how we speak specifically we need to listen to understand not to respond Corey Ross, the president of the program corporate, he explains listening to understand, like do listen the way you listen on the first date you have with your wife or listen the way you listen on the first day. I know with you, you have a significant girlfriend who, by the way, congratulations to her on uh, getting her master's degree yesterday, huge accomplishment. Um, so congratulations to her. But listen the way you listened on your first date with her where, you know, you're sitting at the table, you want, I mean, come on, I'm a guy, so I, I, 
I well, I shouldn't even blame men for that. I'm, I'm Eric Capitulic, so I want to dominate the conversation. But I know that this is the first date, and so I, I shouldn't. I can't do that. I've, I've got to listen to the other person, right? And then you go through, you know, you you regurgitate back to her what what she just said to you, so you can prove to her that you are listening <laughs> to her, right? You know, the following week you go and buy her something that she may have mentioned in that conference, right? That's listening to understand. I'm not doing it right now to you, Conan, uh, Keenan, because as you're talking, you're saying so many things. I just want to like jump back in as to what you're saying because it's getting yeah. me so fired up. <laughs> you, you talked about the, the couple powerful things I thought you said. Number one, that idea of you are who you are when nobody's watching. You're a person of integrity. Who, who are you when, when nobody's watching? That, 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 that's a powerful statement, number one. Number two, I thought when you mentioned about 5 a.m. in the morning, you know, everybody, I mean, how many high school players say to us, high school athletes of all sports, doesn't matter, men, boys, girls, doesn't matter. They all say, I want to play in college. But how many of them are willing to show up at 5 a.m. in the morning in Duck Stadium to do Combat Mindset Judgment Day? I can still remember being in Duck Stadium at 5 a.m. in the morning. It's still dark out. The lights, they had to turn the lights on in the stadium for us to do Combat Mindset. Guys are throwing up. We're just getting after it, everything else. And I remember standing there looking around with Coach Helfrich next to me. And I remember thinking to myself, like, yeah, everybody won't. There's nobody who doesn't want to be a duck come Saturday night. I I, I wonder if they're willing to be here though this morning, <laughs> right? That's 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 what reminded me as you were talking. Like, yeah, everybody wants something. Are you willing to sacrifice? We call that motivation is wanting something. Volition is being willing to sacrifice everything to get there. Did you always have that? Inside of you, did you always work really hard? Did you always sacrifice time with your friends going out to be who you are? Or is that something that's developed in you over time? Yeah, that's something that's developed um, for me personally, you know, in high school and, and just speaking athletic wise and football wise, you know, I, I worked as hard, if not harder than, than every mm -hmm. man next to me. But I was also, you know, pretty naturally um, just gifted and, and uh, naturally developed as, as a young kid, as an athlete, especially football came pretty, pretty easy uh, for me. Um, so high school, it wasn't so much about um, dedicating extra time and sacrificing stuff because I was, you know, and it was a, different, a little different time. You know, I graduated in 2010. Um, now high school football and the publicity behind it and the camps and every, the recruiting is, is all different than it was, you know, 10 years ago. Um, but, you know, I, I, I worked hard, you know, I, and I did extra. I wouldn't say I was, you know, I, I wasn't, you know, in, in the gym, you know, from dusk till dawn type of type of guy. Um, mm -hmm. And then I got to college. And when you get to college in any sport, uh, especially football, especially division one football, everything resets for you you know you get to college and all of a sudden you know you're coming as you're come, you come in as the best player 
in your city or in your town and your division, you get to college and everything's difficult again, you know, and then you have mm-hmm. to kind of relearn the game. The level of competition mm-hmm. is, is crazy. You know, like you said, everyone wants to be in your shoes, you know, and mm-hmm. there's, you know, 80 guys around you. Um, mm-hmm. So that's where I really, you know, when I was a young, young cat, 18 years old, just getting into college, kind of look being in my surroundings and, and realizing like, oh, if, if you want this, you, you better dedicate some time now. You know, you're yeah. not getting by on, you're not getting by on natural athletic ability anymore. You know, you, you need to dedicate some time. So that, that was developed in me. Um, I saw the level of competition around me and I knew if I didn't put, put in the work, um, then I would never touch the field, you know, and, and I wasn't going to college to not touch the field. You know, I was going to do everything scratch and claw to get on the field and earn every single stripe that I got. Um, so that was developed in me. Um, you know, after that first year of college, after that, uh, you know, in true freshman year, I really started to understand how much you have to put into something, um, to, to get something out of it, you know, and that was that, that, you know, that's that, and everything I've taken, I've taken a lot from that experience and learned a lot from that. It's, it's whatever you put into something, you're going to get out of it. So Mm -hmm. if you're, you know, if you're, if you're lying to yourself and looking yourself in the mirror and saying, yeah, I, I worked hard today, but in your, in your mind, you know, you didn't work hard. It's going to come back and bite you in the butt, you know? Yeah. Um, but if you can truly look at yourself in the mirror and, and know that you gave it everything today, you know, then you have to do it again tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And, and pretty soon you start stacking up a bunch of small wins and then you start to understand um, the, the process of, of becoming um, successful in something or becoming a starter, um, or, you know, earning play time, you know, yeah. so it was all yeah. developed, um, from a young, you know, young college kid. And by the time I left there, I felt like I left there with a true understanding of, of what it takes to, to grind something out and go earn something and not just, um, not just be able to skate by. And cause you would have never any, any college program, you can't skate by, you just can't, especially, you know, playing for the, for the Oregon Ducks. Yeah, it reminds me, Kanan, of a conversation when you when you said, you know, hey, when I showed up at college, my my natural talent, big, fast, strong, smart, good athlete, like you were, until you know you get you get to the Ducks, and then you look around and go, ooh, there's some other guys out here though who they're big, strong, fast, smart, you know, good guys who I'm not going to see the field unless I continue to get better. It reminds me of a conversation I had with Coach Tom Izzo from from the Michigan State Spartans, who we were talking one day out on the, out on the we were working with his team, and he and I were talking, and he, he shared the same thing. He said, "Cap, I don't care who you are, if you don't do the right things, eventually it catches up to everybody. Eventually." If guys just rely on their natural ability, oh, maybe they can get through in high school. Oh, maybe they can even get through here at Michigan State playing in the Big Ten. But then they go to the pros and it catch and it hits them in the face on day one. It, it, it catch or maybe they even get through the pros, but if they're not doing the right thing, they get done with their pro career and it catches up to them then. And that's really what I hear you you talking about, which is yeah, your natural talent, it, it can help you and it helps you get certain places. But unless you continue to do the right things every day, you will not, 
using the term you, you used, which I love, truly be, ever be successful. So mm-hmm. I appreciate that. And that's a, that's something that I, you know, when, when we watch this or, or may, I hope my son maybe is watching this right now is I hope that's something that he hears. That's something that we talk to him, his mother and, and I talk to him about. I certainly reinforce it or at least try to on a day-to-day basis that winning and losing is winning and losing, but that's not how I define success. Success is giving your 100% every single day in your preparation and in your execution. Now, sometimes you can give 100% every day in your preparation and execution and lose. But if we do it every single day for a long time, ultimately, you might lose along the way. But using your terms, you're going to start racking up some wins there, too. And those wins will add up to your ultimate success. And, yeah, uh, yeah, I I like to... Uh, I appreciate you saying it, and it's something I'll I'll share with my own son when we finish here today. Keen, let me shift gears because you said something earlier that all of us at the program, my teammates at the program, this is what we want to ask you. <laughs> and it's a great lead, and I appreciate you remembering this. You do not rise to the occasion. When adversity strikes, You do not rise to the occasion. You fall back on the habits that you created right up until that moment. One year ago today, you're a security guard and football coach at Park Rose High School. You see a young man in the building with a loaded shotgun. Tell us the story. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's pretty crazy. One, one year ago, uh, today, um, you know, it was just, a it's, it's such a life, you know, it was such a life altering day. Um, but for all very positive reasons. And I feel very fortunate that I can say that and that I'm here today and that everyone that was involved in that situation is here today, you know? Um, but yeah, it, it was just a, it was kind of a normal, normal day. It was the second day of our district track meet. I was the head co- head uh, track coach there as well. Um, so we were, you know, I had an early release that day. We were getting out at, you know, six period to, to go to our track meet to run the finals of, of that day. Um, and I get a, get a random call uh, to, to go take a student down to the counseling office. Um, you know, we get 30 to 40 calls a day um, as the security, you know, campus monitor people there. Um, there's three, there's three of us, um, but two of us were just working that day. Um, so I go and take the call and, and, uh, it's, it's in a, the call is in a fab building, fine arts building. It's kind of a, you have to walk outside across campus a little bit, the whole separate part of, uh, of the campus, a whole different, um, building from the main one. And, uh, yeah, I get out there, um, <clears throat> walk into the classroom. There's a substitute teacher. So I'm asking, is this student here? Um, she kind of looks around. She doesn't know the student who that is because she's a sub. So we ask a few, a few students and they say, no, he's not here. And I'm probably in the classroom for about 30 seconds. And then, um, the door kind of flies open and there's just a young man with, with that gun in his hand. Um, so again, it, it, it was, uh, I was pretty lucky and fortunate. And I look back at it as I was, I was pretty close to, to the door at that time. 
you know, okay. um, make no mistake. I didn't run, you know, I didn't run across, I didn't run 20 feet across the classroom to go to, you know, to go stop it. Everything kind of aligned for me to just be right there, right place, right time for whatever reason. Um, so I was, you know, I was, I was probably four feet from, from, from the kid. And, and when he took the gun out, um, I just, you know, I, it kind of was like a, it was a very surreal moment, you know, it's a, it's a, you get that super big adrenaline rush, but everything kind of slows down, you know, it's like a slow motion. It's like, a, it was like a, truly like a movie, you know, something you see in movies where it's mm-hmm. like a super slow and, 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 uh, everything's just heightened. And, and, uh, I was able to basically have a full conversation to myself about the situation within like fractions of a second, I was able to analyze everything. Like look at the kid's eyes, look at the gun. Yeah, I, I was asking myself, is that a real gun? Oh, wow, that is a real gun. And, and uh, you know, and, and within, you know, a, a fraction of a second before I even knew it, I, you know, lunged forward and, and was able to get both hands um, on that firearm. Um, and then once that happened, you know, kids are, obviously screaming and, and desk flipping over and they're all running out of the, the classroom. Um, and then in, in that moment, when I had the gun, we, we, we had a nice little, little wrestling match there. Um, and I was, you know, um, smart enough or whatever enough, aware enough, I guess, uh, to make sure the end of the gun wasn't pointed at, at me or the kid himself or any of the students. So I was able to kind of control that. Um, and, uh, and won that essentially won that wrestling match and was able to get that gun. Um, and then we kind of spilled into the hallway and I could tell, you know, right away, especially right after I got the firearm that the kid was, was going through something, you know, he, uh, he was scared. I saw it in his eyes, you know, from the second he opened up the door, I saw it in his eyes. He's just a, just a young man going through something that was, that was real scared. Didn't even know where he was or what he was doing. Um, so I, so I ended up calling the teacher, uh, from the other classroom that peeked his head out of the door and, and I, I, I kind of held the kid with one arm and, and handed the, uh, the gun to the teacher that came out. And then from there, I, I kind of turned my attention to the kid. Um, and you know, he was obviously having a crisis and a, and kind of a breakdown. Um, so, you know, it would have been real easy for me to kind of slam him on the ground and, and, uh, you know, hold him down and call for whoever and wait for the authorities to arrive. But, um, I did, I felt like I didn't need to do that. Um, I was able to, to kind of calm them down. And, and again, obviously that video went very viral, um, of me, of me hugging that young man. Um, and that was just a way for me, you know, one to, to just keep him as close as possible, um, to, to, to restrain him in a sense, but restrain him in a, in a loving way, I guess you could say. Um, so it was, uh, yeah, it was just a, it's a crazy situation. I was able to kind of talk him down a little bit. I sat with them and, uh, the police came, you know, all these, the police and FBI and SWAT team. And obviously you can imagine the, the, the scene of a, of a potential school shooting that gets called in, everyone shows up, you know? Um, so, you know, 15 cops run in there and I'm sitting with the kid on the ground and, and that's kind of how the situation uh, ended there. Um, but again, it's like, it's kind of what we went back to 
uh, like what we were talking about before. It's it's uh, I didn't know that or think about that that camera was up there in the corner of that building and that that video would be uh, you know across the world and have such an effect on a lot of people. Right? I didn't. No one was watching. You know, the only people in that <laughs> in that hallway was me and that kid. I didn't, I didn't care who was, it didn't matter who was watching or, or what was, you know, it, I didn't know, you know, obviously. So, um, we talk about what you do, um, you know, the, the mark of, of you as a person or your integrity is what you do when no one's watching. And to me, I was, it was just me and that kid in, in that, in that moment. And I was just trying to be there, there for him. Um, and, and then again, it comes back again to, 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 taking your job serious. You know, I was, I was hired to, to be a security guard campus monitor. Um, I did it because I wanted to be able to support myself financially so I could coach high school ball because it's not a big, you know, you're not making very much money being a head coach. Um, so I did it as the full-time job as security and campus monitor, but I took that job uh, very serious. Whatever I've done in my life, I've, I've taken it serious and, if I have a job, again, it goes back, they wouldn't ask me to do a job if it wasn't important. And, you know, you don't think security or campus monitors are important, you know, that, that shows right there. The first, you know, first line of my job is, in my opinion, is, is to protect the kids and, and protect their well-being. Um, so even the kid that came in um, who was having this crisis, who, who brought this firearm, obviously made a huge mistake. Um, you know, once that threat was kind of taken care of or over, I passed the firearm away, then it comes back to, well, I'm going to do what I can to protect this kid. I'm going to do what I can to, to make sure his well-being is, is okay, even if he is making this huge mistake. So, I mean, a lot goes into it. I mean, it was, it, I learned a lot from the situation, but I also felt like my life kind of prepared me for that situation. Um, you know, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's pretty... Uh, pretty crazy and it's pretty crazy that happened it happened a year ago Keenan I, I don't even know what to say yeah <laughs> like that um, that's powerful to say the least um, I'll tell you what I'm proud I know you I guess that's what I'll say I'm proud I know you. I'm proud I got the opportunity to work with you, get to know you at your time at the Ducks. And uh, we as a family, um, we've not on a weekly basis, we should on a weekly basis. We're going to, starting today, when I finish with, with you today. But what we have done as a family is We've said, hey, talk about, tell me one thing good that's come of the coronavirus, of the quarantine. And we all went around the room and, and said something. Um, my, my one thing today is going to be the fact that the, the coronavirus and our response to it uh, with the quarantine uh gave afforded the program the opportunity and, and made me and us start doing these live broadcasts and because of that 
I had a chance to reconnect with you. That's going to be my one thing <laughs> that I'm going to say good came out of this because it's a real pleasure for me to have that opportunity. Yeah. Um, let me talk about a few things that, that you said there that really struck a chord with me. And almost every sentence you said blew me away. But number one, uh, I don't want this to, to turn into a conversation uh, about the coronavirus or what I personally think is our illogical response to it about just shutting everything down. But one of the things that I, I have taken exception to with it is when people say no, only key personnel, only key industries, you know, the most important are able to still have a job during this time, still work during this time. And you talked about, if you didn't ask me to do it, it wouldn't be important as a security guard. I think about that, about the ladies serving lunch in the cafeteria. I think about right. the teachers. I think about, I think about the garbage men. I think about, I, I think about the instructors at the program. I think about football coaches, the sport of football, every athletic coach, every job, manufacturing, marketing, everything. My thing is, is that they're all important. If they weren't important, we wouldn't, you wouldn't be asked to do them. As you so effectively pointed out, talking about your presentation there, number one. Number two, Keenan, let me ask about, you said that in, in that moment, um, getting back to not rising to the occasion, but falling back on the habits that you created up until that moment. You know, you had a wrestling match for the weapon. And while you were wrestling with the weapon, and this is the thing that really struck a chord with me, you had the wherewithal for the, for the barrel not to be pointed at you, him, or the other students. Now, if you're a Marine, if you're a member of, you know, the armed forces who, who are in combat roles, that's second nature to us. Like that, that's one of the four safety rules of, of handling a firearm, right? Now, I don't know about your experiences with firearms up to that point, but I'm, I'm making a leap of faith here that it probably was not as significant as if you had been in a combat role in the military, but you still had the mental wherewithal that that weapon cannot be pointed at somebody else at a point where your, your uh, adrenaline is at an all-time high, or if, if it's not an all-time high, please correct me if it isn't, but I got to believe that your adrenaline in that moment, that person, that shooter comes through the door with a weapon, it's higher than in a kickoff against USC in the Rose Bowl or against Florida State in the yeah, Rose sir. Bowl. Yeah, sir. How do you look at that as, look, I, I didn't rise to the occasion in that minute. Those were things I've been preparing for my whole life. I just fell back on my habits in that moment. Can you talk about some of the specific things, Keenan? Yeah, yeah, and I think first again, it comes down to to taking what I'm doing serious. You know, like I'm uh, in that moment. I'm a I'm a campus monitor, security guard in, in a in a kind of a low income school, um, and you know, no one people know Keenan Low and that he played receiver and that he 
took over this school and, you know, and, and is the football coach there, but, but no one really cares what I'm doing on the daily basis, right? They, they, they turn on the Friday night lights news, you know, every Friday night and see if Keenan Lowe led his team to a win or not. They don't give a damn if what I'm doing during my days, you know, and, uh, and I don't care if anyone gives a damn, right? I, I give, you know, I care what I'm doing on a daily basis. So I think it starts there um, of me not taking a single step in that school uh, while I'm on the clock and while I'm supposed to do a job for granted. I, I never, I can honestly say that and look in the mirror and look at myself in the mirror and, and say that, that I, I never took a step in that school for granted um, as the security guard. I never took that, that position for granted. It wasn't a high paying position. It wasn't a sexy position. It was, you know, I was doing the dirty work a lot of the times and, and again, making sure these kids are safe and their well-being is safe. And, and that was my job. Um, yeah. So that's like, you know, that's the, that's first and foremost, you know, it's, it's taking what you're doing serious, regardless of how big or small or how many people care, you know, it doesn't matter who, who cares as long as you care about what you're doing and where you're at at that time. Um, and then, you know, and, and then it's just, I don't know why, you know, like the, as far as sinking to the level of your training, you know, I don't know why I was able to assess the situation so fast and, and, uh, be able to have the awareness and wherewithal to, to have it go down the way, the way it went down. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, I think just sport in general and my upbringing in sports, um, and being in in the ships, you know, so to speak, uh, in college football and all that. And, and, uh, you know, I think all of that went into it, you know, it's, it's, uh, Keenan, let me ask I, you a question. Could, could, and, and I'm just, you know, as I'm listening to you, one of the things that strikes me is I've sat, I've stood, I've had the great privilege, right. Knowing being such good friends with the ducks, uh, historically of standing on the sideline and watching some of your practices. Okay. Mm. And people think, uh, you guys played fast, right, on Saturday. How you played on Saturday was, I thought, was slow compared to how you played Monday through Friday at practice. Like, your practices yep. were, I thought, much faster than yep. Saturday because you had a lot of balls coming in from all different directions. You could get the ball set faster than you can in, in college in, you know, on a game. Yeah. Do, do, have you thought about it? And, and again, I'm not a psychologist or, or a human physiologist, so I can't, I have no idea about this, but your ability to process so much, so fast, you mentioned from sport, from being a duck, when you line up, as soon as the ball is, as soon as the play ends, you're gaining, you're taking in information from you know, well, first of all, I'd like to highlight, you're not gaining information from 5,000 different places. You're looking for certain keys, correct? Mm -hmm. of, correct. You're looking for certain things out there. There's, there is a whole lot of noise, but as a football player, as a, as a security guard, there's a lot. Yes, there's the people screaming, but that's not mission critical. What mission critical are certain, these certain keys that that's really interesting to me as I hear you talk about your ability in sport 
making you feel like, hey, I'm staying focused on these keys which are driving my reaction to it. I have to think that, man, watching you, just seeing the way you practiced every day was a big part of that. Yeah, yeah, and the level of um, the level of stress we were put through in those the five years I was there, um, we went through it, man. And, and there's a reason, obviously, why that on the field on Saturdays we were successful and able to play fast. But you know, there was again the co- coaches and Coach Kelly specifically would always talk about it. Saturday's supposed to be uh, much easier than than our week of practice, and it, and it was, you know. Saturdays were always easier than the weeks of practice, you know, as far yeah. as the speed of the game and, and just, just everything that came with it. Um, yeah. They put us through a lot of stress um, in those four to five years on the football field um, that by, you know, after, after my time there, it's just ingrained, you know, everything is just ingrained in me um, to be able to take things in fast and, and react. And, and a big thing that I, that I, you know, we'll always be appreciative of, of Oregon football um, and my time there and the coaches I played for and the systems we played in is that I'm not, I'm not a thinker. I, I'm, you know, I, I don't overthink things. Um, I react and, and, and go, um, you know, with, with my gut and, and things like that. I don't, I'm not a person that sits there and, and thinks of, five different outcomes of off of one decision and in over you know i think in that moment if i would have thought about anything and not just felt it and reacted and analyze you know and was able to analyze and just go um i don't think it would have been the same outcome as as yeah. it did you know so yeah. oregon football is that that taught me not to not to think and Co- coach kelly was big on that just like let's go react because- we don't have time to, we don't have time to think that because you had such good habits that yeah. it became muscle memory at, at some point where now I don't have to think about every action because it's just muscle memory at this point. So that's the yeah. way you using your term. So now I'm just reacting based on these habits that I've created right up until that point and coaches practicing that way. And then obviously having disciplined players to, to actually go and create those good habits. So yep, exactly right. Keenan, um, uh, let me ask you here in, in the last few minutes that we, we spent together, and I really appreciate you spending so much time with me and, and us this morning on a Sunday morning here, but you were named one of Time Magazine, last year you were named one of Time Magazine's Heroes of the Year. Is that the greatest reward you've ever received is or is there another award and you probably don't want to rank them because man you've you received a lot of them as you should have for that for the park rose incident um but does any one award stand out to you or is it an award that stands out to you the most what's been the most impactful um thing maybe somebody told you about you or or something or is it an award that really made an impact on you because of its significance yeah i was able to from the situation um obviously the fact that it was it it happened and it happened and was reported but then the video came out and i think that resonated with a lot of people just because it was a visual thing Mm -hmm. Um, and they got to see what truly happened there 
um, you know, it resonated with a lot of people. And so I was able to get um, and receive uh, a lot of different awards. You know, I was able to go uh, to the Walter Camp Football Foundation and, and yeah. got an award from them and, and spoke yeah. there and got to meet a lot of great, great people in that, you know, over there on the East Coast. Um, and I got to do a bunch of cool things. CNN had me out for their Heroes Banquet deal. Um, and so I got a lot of cool awards. But at the end of the day, um, just like in football, it's, it's, you know, the people, you know, I'm hesitant to say it, but, you know, the, the people that tell you how great you are, right, are usually the same people that will tell you how how bad you are as well, right? So I hold equal weight in both of those. I, again, I've never really cared how many people are saying you're awesome, Keenan, but I've never really cared how many people say you suck too. Why'd you drop that pass? Or, or you know, it's it to me they're the same. To me, it's it's still outside noise, you know. Mm -hmm. and that's not to say I don't appreciate all these awesome awards and all these great great things that came from this great situation that happened. Um, I do appreciate it. Um, but yeah. again, it's still outside. To me, it's still outside noise. You know what I mean? I think the most impactful thing is, is when I get specific people and messages and, and uh, across the country and across the world, I still get them to this day. Almost every day I get a few messages and saw the video, you know, thank you for what you've done. I think that statement is just going to be imprinted in my in my brain is I've gotten about, you know, 100,000 plus people tell me that same statement. Thank you. Thank me. Thank you for what you did. Keenan, thank you for what you did. Keenan, thank you for what you did. You know, and when people just when, when people say that it, 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 it means it means a lot, you know, because it obviously resonated with a lot of people. And and uh, that's the statement that I that I will, you know, from that comes from this grand situation is just, is that the people across the country and across the world saying, Keenan, thank you for what you did. And, and that means a lot. That means a lot. Keenan, one, one final question for you. That depth of saying, Hey, look, I appreciate the quote unquote, you mentioned social media earlier, that depth of, yeah, okay, great. I, I, I don't dislike the likes, but Hey, if I have to look at the likes, I got to look at the, the people who are going to say negative things about me too. And neither right. one, neither one is makes an impact on me. Where does that come from? That depth of character it, is, is, is it, because of your your mom, your parents, your coach, a coach you may have had, who is it just you think nature? You you can't remember a time in your life where you didn't have that depth of character. Who is there? Is there someone you can point to who had that big an impact, the most impactful person on you, and why? I think that all that comes from you know I've been in a lot of different places in my life. I've been in a lot of different places um, in my mind. You know, I've been in the lowest of places, but I've also been in the highest of places. You know, I've been in places where no one gives gives a damn about who I am and, and what I do and how hard I work. But I've also been in places where everyone loves you and 
sign this autograph and do this. You're awesome. You know, so it's, 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 I've learned to, I learned that it's just that none of it, none of it, again, none of it matters. You know, it doesn't matter um, if anyone cares what you're doing, as long as you care what you're doing. It doesn't matter if people praise you or not. You know, as, as long as you're, you can look yourself in the mirror and, and you're, you know, you're satisfied with, with who you are as a person and the integrity that you have and, and how hard you're working towards things. And, and you're not one of those people that's lying to themselves, looking at themselves saying, I worked hard today, knowing in your mind, you didn't work hard. Um, you know, I, I, I've learned, um, again, that, that none of, none of this, none of the outside noise matters, whether it's good or bad. You know, it's all ebbs, it's all ebbs and flows. Uh, when I again, when I was doing security at Park Rose, no one cared what I was doing during the day. You know, um, you know, obviously after the situation, everyone cared what I was doing during the day. You know, so it it, it all ebbs and flows. Um, and again, I, I I'm thankful that the situation happened, that it that it happened the way it happened. And uh, you know, and I don't want to be too frank with this, but I've moved on. You know, I, that was one moment, one moment in my life that I hope I can continue to live an awesome life. But that was one little moment in my life. Um, and if I didn't have the the integrity and the awareness of who I was as a person, it, it wouldn't have went down like that. So I'm thankful that I was able to, to have a great family, a uh, great mother, especially that raised me really well, great brother and sister um, that's helped me become the person I am. And, uh, you know, I was able to make a, a, a scary situation into a great one. Um, but again, I've moved on. Um, I'm ready to do more great things in my life. Keenan, you said that you get a hundred thousand you've got, you've received in the past year. Again, today's the one year anniversary in the past year, you've received a hundred thousand individual people that have said, you know, thank you for what you did. Let me be the hundred thousand in one person to say thank you for what you did. More importantly, Keenan, just talking you to you here today, what I'd like to thank you for is, yes, as I said, for what you did, but more importantly, I'd like to thank you, Keenan, for who you are interviewing you here today as coach Kelly said so many years ago Keenan doesn't get the credit but we're the reason why we win he's downfield blocking he's taking strain from his teammates because it's the right thing to do when nobody's watching that makes us as a as a country stronger if everybody could have that attitude that's powerful keenan so yes thank you for what you did and i and i definitely want to be the hundred thousandth and first person to say it but but and i know i'm not the first to say this but let me be one of the people and maybe the final person here this morning just to say thank you for who you are it makes me better keenan and our time here together has made me better so thank you for giving us that opportunity, Keenan, to spend some time with you here on a Sunday morning. Please congratulate your girlfriend again on her uh, graduation from yesterday. Best of luck 
here this season. Myself and all of our listeners, we're going to be watching Westland High School football this fall. We'll be excited to watch you and your and your uh, coaches. But thanks for joining us here this morning. Uh, have a great weekend, rest of your weekend. Have a good luck this this fall season. Thank you. No, I, I appreciate you having me, Cap. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. There